0: This is Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 055, Livin' Things. all about
1: living thing is a sixth song second track on side two of a new world record on the august 21st 1990 episode of classic albums jeff said
2: it was the first one that actually got played like stacks on the radio in england you know when i was home this one time staying at my mum and dad's house i used to get woke up every morning my dad had the radio would be on and as soon as and living thing was invariably on every morning and while i you'd got to go this big radio and i'd be well So that was a nice thing. It was like the first time I ever realized that we were doing well in England. And uh, this was like the the turning point was living thing.
1: On the March 31st, 1986 episode of Star Trek Profile, Jeff said,
2: There was these two big outrageous meanings of it. We kept getting told that this is what it meant. I read in the papers that this is what it meant. One said it was about abortion, which was nothing to do with abortion whatsoever. And the other one said it was about save the whale. It was nothing to do about whales. And a friend of mine thought it was about a dog. I just couldn't believe it, you know, I thought, good grief. It was just a song, and the funny thing was, it was a lyric that I'd rushed in and done because I didn't like the words at the last minute. It was all about a Spanish holiday, believe it or not, and I hated the words at the last minute just before we did a mix. So I rewrote these words ever so quick, and that was what became the hit. I suppose it's about love, really, love being a living thing, you know.
1: Jeff Flynn is no fan of sex and violence in movies, but when the director of Boogie Nights gave Jeff an early look at the scene where a living thing is used, During the unveiling of Diggler's Digger, he described Jeff's reaction as
0: Rather than fleeing, Lynn leapt up, fists raised, as ELO kicked in post-prothesis. He said, I don't like sex and violence in movies, but this is the most brilliant f***ing movie ever!
1: In the January 21st, 2007 issue of the St. Petersburg Times, Sean Daly wrote True fact.
0: If you start your day with living thing, nothing bad can happen to you.
1: It was used in the movie Boogie Nights in 1997. In TV, it was used for ads for Desperate Housewives in 2004. It was in a 2005 episode of My Name is Earl and the long-running BBC soap opera Coronation Street. In 2001, Australia used living thing in commercials to promote the New South Wales Environment Protection Authority. And in America, JCPenney used it in their 2005 Christmas commercials.
3: It's a living thing. It's a terrible thing to lose. Hi, I'm Eric Wincenson.
1: And
0: I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
3: And it's a living thing. Ah! Ah! Okay, ah! no, no, don't do that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but it is a living thing and it's one of my favorite Elo songs ever because 3 minutes of some of the best production on any song I've ever heard. You go from the strings right into a synth part by Richard Tandy, and then you have that plucking, more strings, and Jeff Flynn just coming in with that smooth, smooth voice. Basically setting the pattern for what everybody thinks an ELO song should sound like. You hear anybody try to imitate ELO these days, it's always something that sounds kind of like Livin' Thing or Mr. Blue Sky. They think that that is the ELO sound, and... Well, I really have no argument with it being the yellow sound because this is one of those songs that actually made me think, hey, this band is actually worth checking out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I love the music and all, but my problem with it is I wish that Jeff Lynn hadn't put in his anti-abortion stance into a song. Kind of wish he would have left his ultra-conservative Christian beliefs uh, out of it for once.
3: Um, It's actually a love song that he actually kind of reworked from being a song about his vacation in Spain.
0: So you're saying that Christian Crackpots got the meaning of this song wrong?
3: Oh, well, I don't know if they ever have in the past gotten the meaning of a song wrong, but in this case, yeah, they just might have.
0: See, I figured after accusing ELO of being... Satanists and spreading Lucifer's word through backwards messages. After making that dumb mistake, they might want to check their sources before saying something stupid again about ELO. I can't believe they were so wrong about this.
3: You mean sources like, kind of, say, ask Jeff Lynn, who's still <laughs> alive and can tell you what his songs are? Well, kind of.
0: I guess, if you want to go that way. Actually, I always thought this song was about suicide. As in... Don't do it. So when I found out like a few months ago that some people thought this was about abortion, I was like, wow, really? And it was kind of like, yeah, I guess how you could see that if your cult has brainwashed you to see everything like that. But no, I thought it was about suicide as in don't do it.
3: Yeah, I always thought it was a love song, just like Jeff Lynne says. Because it's kind of like it's a living thing, as in our love is a happy, wonderful thing, and we're all content together, and the music goes along with it. I'm taking a dive and basically just taking a chance at falling deeper in love with you. That's really about all there all there is to it. Yeah, I didn't know about the abortion thing until I looked up the Jeff Lynne database and really?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I can see it as love being a living thing. That totally makes sense there. Although I think the suicide thing as in Don't Do It makes sense too. But yeah, it's just love. That's all. That's what Jeff said. It's just about love. And uh, I freaking love the song. I've always loved this song. It's a great catchy tune. The music is great. And when I looked up the song facts and found out it was about uh, a vacation in Spain, I was like, oh yeah, that violin solo kind of makes sense now. As before, I just thought, oh, Jeff's sticking just a, a random violin solo part there. But no, it's about a Spain vacation, and it, I, I can see that.
3: And then he completely had the producer wipe the Spain vacation lyrics off and put the lyrics that we all know and love on there.
0: Yeah, it's things like that that make me wince. Um, it's not just with Jeff. It's with anything, because I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm a preserver. I hate the idea of something just being obliterated from existence. When I do something and it's, eh, don't really like how that came out, I save the I don't like how that came out version, and then make it better and put out the better version. I just, I kind of like the idea of somewhere there exists the other version that he wasn't too crazy about that I'd be kind of curious to hear. But we never will. It's gone long gone. Unless I get in the TARDIS and go back to the studio in 1976, swipe the tapes and save it in the TARDIS, it's gone. And I just, I hate the idea that something recorded, like the old radio shows that they just used right in the dumpster, is gone forever. There is something about the song that's always kind of just bugged me just a tiny bit. During the parts that build up to the chorus, where they have the high voices that are all over each other, it's like a tiny bit distorted.
2: You, do it, it.
0: It's always made me think, how did that get by Jeff Lynn? I would have thought he would have either mastered it better, or maybe at that point it was just kind of like... Uh, I'm tired of futzing with this. Let's just get this done.
3: It could have been that he couldn't get everybody assembled back together again as soon as he heard that because sometimes you go, okay, I'll just try to get this as best as I can Mm -hmm. because it's a lot easier than trying to get everybody back together again to re-record stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I've totally been there many times too. So the 2012 version... uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of like the violin solo that's in the opening. It sounds more acoustic, more Spanish. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But as for the rest of the song, again, like everything else on this album, eh, no reason. Jeff said... In 2012, about that remake, there's probably less strings on living Thing. To get the same sound in the old days, I'd be using a 30-piece string section. Here I'm using some string samplers and two real violins and maybe one real cello. It sounds tighter, but it sounds just as big as 30 of them did 35 and 40 years ago.
2: It's a living thing It's a terrible thing to lose
0: And it, no, no, it, it really doesn't. It sounds synthesized. It doesn't sound as good as the one in 1976 with the full real orchestra. Real always sounds better than synthetic. I know Jefflin has a great ear for things, but I'm not hearing a better orchestra with samplers and two cellos and a violin.
3: It's never better with sampler, even with just drums or something like that. It's always better to have actual acoustic drums, unless you're doing something that requires electronic drums. Right. Like electronic music. This isn't electronic music. This is fully organic music. And so, yeah, I really couldn't tell much of a difference other than I can tell the modern recording techniques on the newer one. But otherwise, I just don't understand why artists sometimes, when they hold the copyrights to it and Mm -hmm. they have no reason to go back and do carbon copies of their older songs... Why they do this. I mean, if you're going to revisit it and uh, you want to go, well, I had these ideas I wanted to try out in the studio 30 years ago. Let's see if I, and here's a completely different version of the song. Like Carole King on Tapestry, you get a completely different version of Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow Mm -hmm. than you have with anybody who made it in the 60s. Because in the 60s was always this kind of upbeat thing and she slows it down to just her and a piano and it sounds completely different and that's what you want out of a remake at least when question mark and the mysterians remade their album the whole reason they remade their album is because they couldn't get the guy who owned the original record label that they were with to give them the rights to their actual recording so they decided okay we're just going to re-record it so we can actually make money
0: right but the distortion part was fixed on the remake but it's still it's still not a better song than the original
3: no never is no
2: got something to say about living thing then call the telephone line voicemail 6238503375 oh,
3: call now
0: was it a hit or was it Livin' Thing was the first single from a new world record. It was released in America on October 4th, 1976, with Ma 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 Belle as the B side. It got to number 13 on the Hot 100, number 36 on the Adult Contemporary chart, number 10 on the Cashbox and Record World charts. In the UK, it was released on November 13, 1976, with Fire on High as the B side. It went to number 4. In Canada, it petered out at number 41 on the RPM Adult Contemporary chart, but it got to number 8 on the Singles chart. It reached number 17 in Sweden, number 11 in Spain, number 8 in Belgium, in the Netherlands it got to number 6 on the Dutch top 40 and number 4 on their top 100. It hit number 6 in Ireland, number 5 in West Germany, number 4 in New Zealand, number 3 in Austria, number 2 in Australia, and in South Africa it topped out at number 1. For the year it ranked at number 106 in Canada, number 85 in the Netherlands, number 77 in America, number 27 in Australia, number 25 in Austria, and number 16 in South Africa. And I have the rare 12-inch blue promo copy. So choke on that, losers.
1: Forgive the language he's an asshole.
0: It was covered by James Last in 1977, Anna Alxa in 1978, The Cadets in 1981, Jack Livingston Orchestra and Singers, The Hilton Ayers, King, Electric Light Orchestra Part 2 in 1992 and 1997, Yukia Young in 1994, Ten Sharp in 1996, The Wild Flowers in 1997, Geese Fighters in 2000, Pray for Rain in 2001, Los Dragoness in 2004, The Beautiful South, also in 20 4 Matthew Sweet in 20 6 The Magic Orchestra, also in 20 6 and Aneurine Barnard in 2011. If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash pod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address eloftm podcast at gmail.com.
3: It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? Sailing the on the crest of a wave. Oh, it's like magic.
2: Rolling and riding,
3: slipping and sliding.
0: like it, hate it, what does Madeline think?
3: Jeff Flynn copied off of my singing, so I do not like it. Hey, she hated it! Taste the
0: Music, an electric light orchestra song-by-song song podcast is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meats Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word about the show by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast and get some goodies at
1: patreon.com slash ELOPod Next week, episode 056 Above the Clouds